0: Yes. Yes. This is the college experience. My name is Colby Dan, AKA the Dantabase and in studio like always, but he's never ever talked into the fucking microphone besides a few barfs, you know, maybe some coughing, the occasional tail wag. Yeah. I'm talking about my dog, major fucking mud. All right. He's here in the place of Patty C because Patty C is a complete and utter piece of dog shit. No, he had uh, prior obligations, but, you know, well, I also got my cat here as my cat rubs my leg. I got the whole friggin' zoo here, all right? But I think, why is Patty C really ducking me? he got a lot of shit to talk about. I got an idea why he's ducking me. I got lots of ideas why he's ducking me. First off, the Colgate, Colgate, not Crest, not Aquafresh, Colgate upsets the Dukes of James Madison late in the game. JMU tried a fake punt. I think the score was tied. It failed Colgate. They did it like at a very, very Georgia like, at like the 45 yard line. And then uh, I think it was their own 45 yard line. Then Colgate took the ball down and made a game winning field goal as time expired. I mean, but that's not even all of it. Farmer farmer James Madison head coach, Mike Houston. I wonder if he's ever ate a burrito on the sidelines. Mike Houston. Uh, is now the head coach of the East Carolina pirates. There was speculation last week or a few days ago that he was going to be the next coach of the Charlotte 49ers of the conference USA. But he, he he apparently I guess gave him a soft verbal that he would go to Charlotte and then East Carolina f- in the past week, since we've recorded finally fired Scotty Montgomery, we are free at last free at last Things are going good. And then Mike Houston dips out from his soft verbal to uh, Charlotte to go to East Carolina because it's a much better school, much more prestigious, a lot of great people from East Carolina University. You know, the guy who created the uh, the Golden Corral is from uh, East Carolina University. You got it. Got to rep that. I believe Vince McMahon is from East Carolina University. Sandra Bullock for, for a while there. I mean, I could go on and on the database. <laughs> uh, it's just, hey, look, he comes. He, it's got to be a sore subject. Patty is probably at home, you know, trying to be successful, trying to get his mind off shit, because I know this is tough. He's got a loss to Colgate and then the pirates swoop in and steal their coach because the pirates, you know, they're more prestigious program. Why go to James Madison University when you can get an offer to go to East Carolina University? You know what I mean? just just a delightful day and we have no more Scotty Montgomery. oh man, I'm a happy camper, I'm a happy camper over here uh although although I can also tune it down for a second I, like I could th- when I think about Scotty Montgomery being, being fired, I get really happy. I don't know how this Mike Houston thing is going to work out. I would have probably hired some other people, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. A lot of good FCS coaches have had success at the next level. Look at uh, Dave Clawson. You know, he came over from Richmond then he went to Bowling Green. Then he went to wake. There's a lot of, I mean, uh, Craig bowl at Wyoming. I can go on and on and on and on, but I'm optimistic. All right. And at the same time as me being happy, I can shift my energy to to being absolutely, you know, negative because they fucked it up again, guys. They fucked it up again. What did I tell you? The Inventational. The Inventational. These guys get to sit in a boardroom and they still fuck it up. Still fuck it up in my book. Yeah, this year you could say, oh, well, I I am... Look, I'm a little bit happy because I think Oklahoma had a much better resume... Uh, considering they didn't lose by 30 to a six and six Purdue team. And also because they lost on the last play of a game in a neutral site rivalry game. And they beat that team in the big 12 championship. Pretty much a no brainer. All right. They got that part, right? Like uh, Oklahoma should be higher ranked than Ohio state in every way possible. But they don't penalize Notre Dame at all for not not playing a, uh, a uh, conference championship or in a conference championship which they previously uh you know penalized TCU and Baylor or yeah I think both but more so directed towards T- T- TCU um and then they left out the very golden very golden Central Florida Golden Knights. How about my boy Daryl Mack coming up huge. I still think there's some problems there, potentially. They got a month to work on this. That's another thing. Let's just talk about the worst thing about college football. Let's wait a month now. That's the dumbest shit of all time. I'm going to wait a month for the next college football game. I mean, no. I know we get Army and Navy. I know we get the chimichanga bowl and the cheese it bowl and all this other bullshit that I'll still watch and I'll still bet on and I'll still give you guys gambling advice on. However... How do you? I mean, you gotta wait what, like forty days for some of the games, or thirty-five days, or thirty-two days, whatever the hell it is. It's it's ridiculous. And my, my boy Mike Leach comes through again because he calls them out on this. He goes, "You give the whole month of December away. Like, can can you imagine right now if we had a, if we had a real playoff and not an invitational and you just went into it this week right here?" You just went into it right here and and you would have your 16 team playoff. Not eight. Look, eight's better than four, but eight's still not a good option for me. I still think 16 is the answer. And yeah, so a lot of, a lot of, uh, big time coaching news has happened, but I mean, I, I already feel pretty ridiculous because, you know, guys, fucking Bernie Lomax has retired I am talking about the one and only Bill Snyder. Is gone at Kansas State University. They did it. They 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 fucking did it. And he did not release a statement, which basically, I think, means he was forced out. We all know that he had a five-year contract. He wanted to stay for all five years. And Kansas State, you are terrible, terrible, terrible at everything you do. I wish you the worst in your future. Although, I hear they might get they they might go after Jim Levitt, who I'm a big I'm a big Levitt fan. I think that would be that would be the best case scenario probably for them. Or it's Gary Patterson or, or or Levitt, but I doubt Patterson would want to leave. But man, I mean, come on. The guy had one losing season and he almost took you to a bowl game. I can't not emphasize this enough how ridiculous you people in Manhattan, Kansas are. You're absolutely fucking absurd. All right. This is, this is ridiculous. Bill Snyder. Thank you for being a fucking legend. I enjoyed some of those Kansas state teams. All of them. I I enjoyed the fact that the whole big 12 went to this like run and shoot style of offense. And I don't even know if run and shoot, the pass happy offense, finesse football, And then I could tune in to watch Bill Snyder win seven or eight games or eight or nine games. Actually, like 2013 or 14, he won like 10 games. And you'd have these teams like Baylor with Art Bryles and and Cliff Kingsbury with that high-powered offense and everything. And then all of a sudden, they would get beat up by some old-school football and Bill Snyder because he wouldn't change his ways. He would not abide. I'm going to miss that. But thankfully, Bill... Hopefully they bring in Levitt. I'd like to see, see the uh, the identity of that team stay the same and I know Levitt's got coaching ties to Bill Snyder. he was there in the 90s and I think a little bit of the early 2000s perhaps and uh, and I, I'm kind of excited that the big 12 is kind of making a shift. Big 12 is kind of making a shift you know this if they can keep Kansas State as a running football team, you got Matt Campbell, at Iowa State they're a physical football team run the ball past some, you know what I mean? But more so of a running team. Now all of a sudden, or you, you got Matt Rule at Baylor, run heavy coach, right? Likes to run the ball, good defense, right? And all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, this is, okay, that's three schools potentially if Kansas State can stick to it. And then Kansas hires Les Miles. And that's a fourth school. And you're thinking, all right, Les Miles loves to run the ball, loves good defense, loves trick plays I'm all about that I'm all about the the changing of the big 12 and it got even better after that and Texas Tech hired a guy named Matt Wells from Utah State which also believes in good defense hard hitting defense running the ball I mean you might spread it out a little bit but not nothing like these big 12 teams So now I'm thinking wow and and then when you even look at Texas Texas is not as like you're as much as like a traditional, pass-happy offense like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or uh, what's the third school there? West Virginia. Uh, so I'm liking the changing of the of the guard in the Big 12, even though I still expect Oklahoma and my boy Lincoln Riley. You know, I'm biased a little bit on that because he came from East Carolina. But uh, uh, I, I see a changing in the guard in the Big 12, and I'm all for it. I am all for it. I'm excited for it. Um, other coaching hires will, or, or or other coaching news. USC sticks with Clay Helton, Lynn Swan, the AD sticks to his word. Kudos to sticking to your word, but I am not the biggest fan of the move. I think in your five and seven at USC, I get it. He won the PAC 12 championship the year before, but my thing is like, I think the PAC 12 was really down for a few years there. I mean, I, I actually think it's a really deep conference, I really do. Like, I think it's actually deeper than most realize because almost every team is solid. Um, and they don't... Like, even Oregon State, I know, struggled the past two years. Prior to that, they were dec- they were okay. But I still think they're a much better version of a bad team than, say, some of the other conferences and what they have. You know what I mean? I think they're a better version, a much better version than Rutgers, a much better version than Arkansas. So, and even uh, Kansas. So, so I I think that division that conference is a little little thicker. So I was surprised to see they brought back Clay Helton, um. Especially because I think Chip Kelly's only going to get better. I think Herm Edwards in year two. Now you won't have you won't have Nikhil Harry or you won't have uh, you know his quarterback back. But I still think that program's heading in the right direction. I'm hearing that Colorado is is in talks with the defensive coordinator of uh, Georgia about b- becoming a head coach there, but I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I can tell you that the color whoever's going to step in there, and I know I'm a Colorado fan, but I also think they're stepping into a pretty decent situation. That team was very young. That's why I, I wanted McIntyre to come back. I thought, hey, next year they're going to have a senior quarterback and these wide receivers that are studs. Are going to be upperclassmen. They're going to be juniors now. They're going to be sophomores now, or some of them are going to be sophomores. But overall, I just thought the team needed a year, needed a year to really develop. They should have been better than five and seven this year, yes. And then you got Utah. Utah once again uh, was pretty young. They're going to be back. Whittingham, he's, he's that dude's a, a lock. I mean, to, he's a, one of the more underrated coaches in, in the nation, in my opinion. And then you got someone in Arizona. Who who knows? I I mean he he's got to be better than he was this year. I would think next year, but there is talk of Khalil Tate transferring, which Kevin Sumlin has every quarterback he's ever coached. I think transfer with the exception of Manzel. But yeah, overall, surprised to see Clay Helton back at the helmet. I think it could potentially cost USC. Some. Let me ask you this. Okay, I know this is way ahead of time. What do you think about? If week one next year, if Boise State beats Florida State, Taggart his seat will be on fire. That's week one. Also, Fresno State plays at USC. Helton loses that. Could you imagine that? Could you fucking imagine that? Because Tedford I think is going to stay at his alma mater, Fresno State. Kudos to them for winning the Mountain West in a classic, classic game in the snow, low scoring against Boise State. That was a great game. Mountain West this year was very underrated. Uh, other coaching hires, we talked about Houston to uh, East Carolina. Jim Ackle, uh, Jim Ackle, uh who am I thinking of? Yeah, Jim Acklewane from Florida is now at Central Michigan, the former Colorado State head coach, the former OC for Nick Saban in Alabama. And he was uh, also on Michigan staff last year. I like that hire at central Michigan. he He, he was good at at uh, Colorado State. I think he he'll, he'll he'll really help out that Central Michigan program. I actually think at Florida, I mean, he had a decent record besides last year, and last year th- the wheels kind of fell off. I think like 30 people got suspended on some credit card scam. But I like the hire by Central Michigan to stay in the Mac. uh Akron, Akron fires, Terry Bowden. I thought that was a little shocking. I know he had an overall losing record as a head coach, but he did take them to a MAC championship last year. This year, yeah, I know you went four and eight, but you also won at Northwestern. I think he's a decent coach. I would have gave him one more year before I really evaluated that. And they also scheduled crazy at of conference this year. I think they had at, I mean, it was supposed to be at Nebraska. I think it ended up being at South Carolina in a makeup game at South Carolina at Northwestern. And I feel like they played somebody else that was really solid. Um, and then uh, Gary Anderson, the former Wisconsin head coach, and he's the former Utah state head coach, got rehired by Utah state. Once Matt Wells went to Texas tech, uh, Matt Wells coached under Gary Anderson at Utah state. He was their D coordinator when Anderson left for Wisconsin. Now. So Gary Anderson comes home and he walks into a pretty good situation with Love coming back at quarterback. Um, and then uh, who else? Who else? I'm trying to think. You got Mac Brown at North Carolina. Love that. Love that hire. I think that's going to be cool to see. That guy's a great recruiter. So I can't any. I and you step away from the game for a little bit, can analyze. We'll see how that works. Kind of, kind of dig these old coaches coming back, like Les Miles and Mac Brown, and and uh, I don't know. Some other coaches. Some other coaches. (laughs) Uh, Texas State hired Jake Spivitol. Something. The OC of West Virginia. Uh, They fired Everett Withers. Only gave him three years. Kind of tough, but hey, they expected a lot more, I guess. I keep hearing things that that school has the potential to blow up because of how close they are to Austin and San Antonio. So they should be able to pull in a lot of talent, but Hey. If that's the case, then UTSA should be a lot better too. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. Coaching changes, coaching hires. This is the college experience. And uh yeah. All right. Now look, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in on the playoffs and my top 25, I guess, because that's what I have to do here. Gotta break it down the final top 25 rankings before the bowl season. And uh yeah. Oh no, let me go to Twitter first. Let me just go to Twitter. Thank you, Mud, for that, for telling me to let me go to Twitter. Um let's go to the Twitter questions. Fire this thing up. Okay. Okay. What is this question? At Ross Slater. No, Rob Slater, 34. What are the top five best Christmas movies? Not five best Christmas movies. I don't even know that I can name five Christmas movies. Well, actually, no, you know what? I mean, I could think I could name five, but it depends on. We have this argument all the time, actually, me and a couple other comedians. I don't know that Die Hard and Lethal Weapon register as Christmas movies. I know Christmas is going on, and Die Hard, they have the ho, ho, ho thing, and I think. In Lethal Weapon, I think they drive a car through uh, 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 Danny Glover's living room, and there's a Christmas tree, and there's, I don't know. I think they had Christmas dinner and stuff. So those are centered around Christmas. I'm a huge fan of both of those movies. But I don't know if that qualifies for a Christmas movie. I don't really think it does. But let me see if I can name five, and if not, then those two will be uh, off the top of my head. Top Christmas movie ever. Gotta be Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase. Oh, man. I mean, all the vacation not, not, not all the vacations. A lot of the vacations are classic. They should have never remade that shit. I love John Hughes. He wrote those films. But Christmas Vacation, Randy Quaid kills it. I mean, everyone kills it. The Uncle. All of them. That's a classic movie. I mean, I don't think there's many comedies in general better than Christmas Vacation, man. I can watch that at any time in life. And crack up. Chevy Chase in the 80s was like the, the fucking man, dude. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest. I don't care what Howard Stern says about him. He's fucking classic. All right? Fletch is a classic. I, I don't know. but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. So that's my that's my number one Christmas movie. My number two Christmas movie. I don't know. The Ref with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> That's a classic Christmas movie that no one... That's the most slept on Christmas movie. Everyone says Christmas Story, which I, 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 which is classic. It, don't get me wrong. Christmas Story's classic. You know, but, but The Ref is very slept on. Hilarious movie. Love the writing of it. I have a... I don't know. I, said, I was going to say, I have a similar, similar screenplay that I wrote. But no one's going to give a shit because they're never going to see the fucking movie. You know what I mean? They're never going to see the movie because I'm too busy podcasting <laughs> uh <laughs> how many people have tuned out this thing's hard to hold the hold it down solo you know what I mean I'm watching my dog chew a chew his fucking foot right now uh Bad Santa Bad Santa's classic it's got to be up there okay so damn I, I guess I do know five okay so I'm gonna exclude die hard and Lethal weapon Christmas vacation the ref Bad Santa, A Christmas Story, because that's still classic. Every time he licks that fucking pole, that's classic, even though it's not nearly as, entertainment-wise, it's not as good as the other three. And then my fifth one, which I actually, you know what, I, I wonder if he got this, I wonder if if, if this guy got the uh, question off of he saw me tweet somebody. Uh, there was a movie uh, called The Ice Harvest with John Cusack that I thought, it, it's not, it's kind of like a Kind of like a dry comedy drama thing. I don't know what the fuck you call them. But, like Fargo or something. But it was cool. It was a Christmas movie. Randy Quaid's in that too. I'm very pro-Randy Quaid, despite his problems with... uh, (laughs) Is he still on the run? Is that guy still on the run? Is he still in Canada? He had some ridiculous beard. That dude was in some classic movies, man. Midnight Express. People don't even realize that's him in Midnight Express. The vacations he kills them. He is he kills it in the vacations. Kingpin, fucking hilarious. Days of Thunder, classic. And then you got this movie, uh, Ice Harvest. That he, he, I think it was like right before he went crazy. But what if he was right? You ever thought about that? I was thinking about one time. One time I like smoked some weed and I was like, "What if he was right?" Because he was talking about like, he was sounding like a crazy conspiracy theorist when he was like, "Hollywood, they forged my signatures and." stole my home from me in Santa Barbara. And him and his wife seemed like I thought, hey, they probably are a couple meth heads that have lost their fucking mind, right? And they dip out the candidate because they owe like a $1, thousand, a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, a hotel. They were like they owe like money all over town apparently. So they dip out. I think they had a break. I think he broke in somewhere too and got arrested. Something like that. Um what he was talking about, how Hollywood, the elites, you know, they're tapping my phones and stuff. And I think his wife worked in Hollywood, right? So here's my theory here. When I was, well, my stupid theory was that, because, you know, after that, everything gets revealed. Harvey Weinstein, all this shit, you know, he's got a re- Israeli spies following women around and stuff. You got the Bill Cosby thing. You got you got the Kevin Spacey thing. You got all these people being exposed. You got me, the Antibase. I, I told you my story, uh, like last year, a year and a half ago, something like that part of the me too movement myself <laughs> and uh and all of a sudden you know now i was thinking about this when i was stoned and i was like you know what what if this dude was on something his wife worked in hollywood what if like she was not putting up with shit and they're like yeah we're gonna make her life live in hell i don't know we should make that fucking movie though we should make that movie all of us should make that movie i'm gonna stop talking about fucking movies all right i hope i answered your question there Let's go back to the Twitter. I'm just like, dude, no one's going to listen to this shit. They've already turned it off because I'm talking about a movie about Randy Quaid destroying Hilton's Hilton hotels across Los Angeles and breaking into places, his old house in fucking Santa Barbara or some shit. I don't know. Um. Wow. I'm looking at this. Wow. So I got, I got, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. All right. At uh, my AJ studios. How do you guys watch the FCS playoffs having issues, finding streams? All right. I want to answer this question for you, but first at Buffalo chill, Cody replied, check the trash can for FCS football. Damn. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Cody. I love me some FCS football. You know why? Cause they have a proper playoff. A proper playoff, a real playoff, not an invitational. I like the FCS. Still a funny tweet though, but but uh, but by, by Cody. But overall, wrong. To answer your question, Jeremy, I'll be honest, man. We are in like the prime time of sports right now. This weekend was hard enough for me to even watch college basketball. I right, and I was bouncing back and forth between football and basketball. Watch the. UCF-Missouri game today. But, I mean, overall, it's hard. So I, I think I caught a little bit of some, but, I mean, I think at one point on my iPad, I pulled it up through Reddit, which, by the way, is what the way I found out how to watch a bunch of these games through 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 followers on Twitter that told me check Reddit. But that was only briefly, I think, the Colgate-JMU game. I didn't even... I wanted to catch some of the North Dakota State game. I didn't get a chance to. They destroyed somebody. I forget who. Who the fuck was it? I know who it is, but I don't know. Um, I would try Reddit. That's my advice. Um, but also, how do you guys watch? Your question is, how do you guys watch the FCS playoffs? They're going to be on ESPN now because the college football season for you know FBS is over until Army Navy, and after that, I think I think that's the only game we have for like the next like fifteen days. So that's on ESPN and ESPN two and ESPN U and ESPN three and ESPN plus and all this other whatever the hell, uh, stuff it's on, it's on ESPN. You can find it on ESPN this weekend. I think I'm pretty confident in that. Um, next question. Uh, from at Patty and Tulsa. This is a good question. Uh, total do or Jameson. Uh, it depends on your finances. Depends on your finances. Telemardu is actually like pretty good whiskey. Irish whiskey we're talking here. This is all Irish whiskey conversation. Uh, but it's much cheaper, at least out here in LA, I find Telemardu to be much cheaper than Jameson. However, I do think Jameson is a little bit better. Uh, you know what I've been drinking lately? Well, this week I I hung out with a buddy of mine who's a DJ, so we got free drinks couple nights. So I went out, uh, we were drinking Red Breast. You ever have Red Breast? Try Red Breast, another Irish whiskey that's really good. Uh, but I'm gonna, to answer your question, Patty, and Tulsa, I'm going Jameson. You ever tried the other Jamesons, too? There's, like, Black Barrel and Castmates and stuff like that, and there's a, there's a, I don't know, my ex-girlfriend got me, like, a really nice bottle of Jameson. Jameson, like, I don't know, it was, like, 150 bucks or something. For Christmas one year, she got me that. And, uh, yeah, I go Jameson's. But if you're talking, if you're on the college experience budget, if you're sitting there in college, you only got yourself $25 or $35 and you're trying to get, trying to eat, you know you're going to be eating like some sh- some ramen soup and shit, then the play there is tell them or do. I think you go to, I don't know, out here, Rite Aid has like really good liquor prices as opposed to, you know, BevMo and stuff like that even... Uh, I find Rite Aid to be the cheapest uh in California that is. What the hell am I talking about guys? I'm supposed to be talking college football. And that's still a good question, but I mean, okay, next up. Okay, at Damon W says it's time to focus on college basketball. That's not a question. But thank you some guys calling me insane for my opinion on Notre Dame. Um here we go. At Mikey St. James 1. What are your top bowls, both from a betting perspective and for entertainment? Hashtag not my college football playoff. I agree, Mikey, and I will answer that. But first, I'm deep into this podcast, and I have forgotten to tell you that the college experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up over at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SGP50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. You play. You win you get paid over at mybookie.ag, guys. Come on. Christmas time. You know how you get that extra money to buy your girlfriend something nice, buy your sister, you know, something she's always wanted? You got a dog at home, a cat like me? Maybe you want to, you know, dude, this year's Christmas for me, much cheaper than last year's. Much cheaper. Don't have the girlfriend. I am kind of seeing somebody, but it's not like, it's not like that. I don't I don't it's not there yet. It's not there yet. So what's cool for me? I might like, I might maybe I get the dog and the cat something. You know what I mean? A fucking bone for my dog? Loves a good bone. He's chewing on his foot right now, so I think I think he maybe he's sending me a sign that he wants a bone. He's been chewing on his foot for like ten minutes. What did you step on some glass or something? And I might get my cat, I don't know. Like I got my cat some tuna fish. Maybe I will get some tuna fish. You know, I think that's a good. I think that's a good plan. But the best way to do that, guys, if you got a cat and a dog, is to you know listen to some of the bets we make on the sports gambling podcast network, and then go to mybookie.ag, place those bets, cash those bets, and then you can afford extra shit because we hit at over fifty percent. Guys, if you don't know this, I publish every college football pick, every game we covered this year, every single Division One game, F, FBS, and some even a couple of FCS games we covered. And we also do it daily with college basketball picks every single day, guys. Every single day. This is, I put in a lot of work on this shit. If you don't, if you don't realize that, yo. I'm in California. I wake my ass up at like 4.30 in the morning because the problem with college basketball is a lot of the lines aren't out the night before. So I get up at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning and I put these, you know, I I do all the lines so that Patty C and, and, and NC Nick can then go in there and make their picks. But then I get to go back to sleep. It's a grand effort. I hope you guys appreciate this stuff because... We are all over over 500 picking every single college basketball game. That's like a 1,000 games already. We're only like a month into the season. 1,000 games. And already over... I mean, I'm way over 50, or 500. I'm like first month in. I think the season started November 7th. So we're not even all the way a month in. Maybe it was November 6th. But either way, we're not a month in. And... All three of us over five hundred, picking every single game, and also on our locks. I think all three of us are over uh, double digit over, like I'm in the plus by like ten or eleven games. I think uh, Patty C is actually kind of killing it right now, and then NC Nick is too. We're all three of us are just dominating, and we we put our locks in the spreadsheet every single day. You can find the spreadsheet at sportsgalingpodcast.com. You can also find it on my Twitter feed at the Colby D. I publish this thing daily. There has been a few times where I forgot and I, cause the thing is I do the spreadsheet, but I have to wait for NC Nick and Patty C to make their fucking picks. Right? So what a lot of times what happens is I place my picks in, but I don't want to publish it because I don't have their picks yet. So therefore I put away the computer. I go out into the world. I start doing my thing today. I had some bloody Marys in the morning. Next thing you know, I'm getting tweets like, Hey, you going to, you guys, do you turn in the spreadsheet today? Oh shit. I forgot. But I still got it in before a lot of the games tipped. I think one or two had tipped. But I'm going to try to get better on that. And I hope you can understand why I forget. Because sometimes these motherfuckers take forever. Patty C sometimes will wait until like three minutes before the tip-off. And I'm like, bro, the point is, is for the people to see the fucking picks. He doesn't get it. (laughs) I just should turn this episode into how much I fucking just want to beat that motherfucker's ass in Tecmo Super Bowl. That's what I want to do. That's what I don't want to do. He's just a piece of no good, lemon headed shit. <laughs> uh, all right, what other Twitter questions? It's tough when you go solo. I don't even, I, I feel like everything's just rambling. I'm just rambling about everything. Um, Oh no! To answer, what am I doing? I didn't even answer uh, the last question. What are your top bowls? Well, I can tell you what my top bowls are. It almost sounds like I'm saying Todd Bowls. I'm a Jets fan. I don't even know what to say about that right now. Blew a big lead against the Titans today. Okay, what are your top bowls, both from a betting perspective and for entertainment? Let me just let me just dabble. All right, betting perspective. We're gonna. By the way, we're gonna dive into all of this stuff. All of it, We're co- on a weekly basis, we're going to cover this. So bear with us. So this is just, I mean, this just got announced today. So, I mean, obviously, the one off the top of my head is UCF, LSU. I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit on the committee because I think they know that that was supposed to be UCF in Florida. But I think they're trying to make an example out of UCF. I really believe in conspiracies when it comes to college sports, especially when you have a team like UCF that essentially is threatening the big money makers of college football. And my conspiracy here is this. Milton Mackenzie Mc- Milton's injured. That's a huge loss. Even if you watch this game, Mac played great in the second half, especially the first half, kind of struggled. And they came back and they beat Memphis. But this team is... Sh- I, I Look, I love UCF. I think they deserve to be in the college football playoff. If I'm on the committee, they're in the fucking playoff. However, I don't think they're that nearly as good with Mac at quarterback. He just, I mean, obviously, I mean, Mackenzie Milton is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, but Mac also like it was some limited passing. I thought very limited passing, even though he still threw for a ton of, ton of yards, but I thought a lot of them, similar patterns, similar routes. I don't know how much different the passing will be in a month from now. And I think he, think he played great. All things considering, and I really root for the guy. The guy seems like a very classy guy. He's from Virginia, actually, and uh, and I I just think that college football, the the committee, these people, these these they just knew, hey, let's not pair them with Florida because even with Mac at the helm, they 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 might be able to beat Florida. Let's give them a harder ch- a harder test because right now the chips are down. Let's have them play LSU's defense, right? which i know you're thinking well how could you feel this way if you thought they deserve to be in the they deserve to be in the playoffs because of their fucking record they're undefeated they haven't lost since the freaking uh obama administration i don't care if i was starting at quarterback cuz of all the injuries you have to put them in based on their resume it's that simple right but regardless i think they're taking a shot at them. I, I i really hope hype uh, uh, Josh Heifel, kudos to him walking into a situation like he did and, and doing what he's doing. However, he's going to have to – they're going to have to come up with some – they're going to have to really dive into the playbook and try to get creative because LSU's defense is pretty darn good. I know you can say, well, they gave up 70 points against A&M. That was on the road. am has got a good offense. It's a hostile environment, and it's misleading because of the overtime. I actually think the overtime rule should change. I think when you score a touchdown, it should count as two points. When you make a when you make a field goal should count as one or something like that. I just feel like cuz those stats are all misleading. It's like they scored 45 points in overtime. You know what I mean? But um either way, I think it's a tough draw for UCF. I I still think they're capable of doing it, but I do think the committee purposely uh the, you know, the the bowl makers they wanted they wanted them to face a harder team. Oh, I, I, I didn't, we didn't want them in the same bowl twice. Who gives a shit about that? Florida versus Central Florida is what should have happened there. Now they got to go to Arizona and take on LSU. Hey, I still think it's possible, but I, I think it's very challenging with your backup quarterback, a guy who does not have much game experience, and also playing that defense. Um, and I think it's a low blow. I think they're trying to make the... I think they want them I think they want UCF to get blown out so no one can ever claim this argument ever again. And I just hope uh they get their I don't know. I hope uh UCF can find a way to get that win because I, I thought it was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot what they did there. Um that's the the one that stands out that I, I can't wait to watch, even though I, I like I said I don't feel amazing about it. Uh Other notable games that I really thought were good. Um, Hey, look, the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, You know which one? uh, Purdue at Auburn, or Purdue versus Auburn, in the Music City Bowl. Purdue is one of these teams that, if you actually look at their schedule, I think they only got blown out one time, and I think it was the Minnesota. Yeah, the other losses were all by like, and how about Purdue retaining Brown? Huge news for, for Purdue. I mean, I I think that's a compelling game. I think Auburn's Auburn seven five. They were kind of a letdown this year, but it should be a good game. Um, that one's Washington state, Iowa state, you know, I'm a leech guy. I'm a Matt Campbell guy. So that's like a perfect world for me. Um, no, I don't give a shit about Michigan and Florida again. That's another thing. Is that it should have been Michigan LSU Central Florida Florida. I'd much rather see the battle of Florida and then Michigan LSU. They're kind of similar identities. That would have been a much better game. I could give a shit about Michigan and Florida, really. Um what else that stands out to me that I really want to watch? Uh Texas Georgia obviously. I think it could be could could be good. Syracuse, West Virginia could be like 100 to 100. I don't know if that's good. But those are pretty much it. Um, For me, I mean, Utah State, North Texas, I think, could be a good betting opportunity. I think Utah State's a lot better than North Texas. But their head coach did leave. This is, once again, the thing I hate about bowl season their coaches are gone. Players are sitting out. You don't know who the hell. It's really hard. It's much harder to handicap. Because, you know, half the roster's sitting out. You know what I mean? All right. Enough Twitter questions. I'm taking forever on this fucking episode. Let's just go with my base top 25. Okay. Coming in at number 25 is the Syracuse Orangerman. Northern Illinois almost stole the spot. Because the Northern Illinois upset Buffalo. And they've been kind of on a roll. But I just couldn't do it. They have too many losses. Number twenty-five, I got the Syracuse Orangemen. You know Babers should be mentioned for Coach of the Year. I don't. I mean, I know there's a lot. There's a lot you could say. Bill Clark. Um, I mean, shit. All the teams I want. I mean, Josh Heupel. Uh, There's a lot of coaches you could say. Uh, but Syracuse is playing great, considering you know what they were a couple of years ago. This pro this program is only going to get better, and you know Babers is doing a heck of a job. They get uh, West Virginia in the bowl, so. There we go. That's my 25th rated team. My 24th rated team is Iowa State, even though they struggled. They struggled with FCS Drake, but they did get the W. Um, Matt Campbell doing things. Eight wins at Iowa State, I think, and they get Washington State. That's going to be an awesome game. Although, so, you know, Washington State kind of got hosed on their bowl game. They should have got a better bowl, I think. Um, at 23, I got the UAB Blazers, Bill Clark. What's my motherfucking name? Uh, Bill Clark is doing it big. Doing it big, man. This program didn't play football a couple years ago. That's got to be what... I, I'm actually... They just gave him an extension. I'm actually shocked he hasn't been picked up by another school, like a bigger school. But, hey, I kind of dig the Blazers being good in football. That was a great game, by the way. Anyone catch that Middle Tennessee game? That was a really good game. Saw the Middle Tennessee press conference afterwards. I was like... They're crying. Coach is crying. His son, the quarterback, Stockstill's uh, crying. It's emotional. Middle Tennessee had a good year, though, man. Surprised a lot of people. Um, UAB surprised more, though. So UAB at number 23. We're going to go faster through these because, guys, a lot of these teams didn't even play this week. UAB did, though. At number 22, I got the Utah State Aggies. Hey, they went 10-2. and The pack, The Mountain West was really underrated. 3 10 win teams. And then you also had Hawaii, Nevada. I mean, that's that's a good conference, man. It's a really underrated conference this year. Uh, but they were really good. And they I mean, they were not far away, honestly. There's a few teams that were not far away from being 12 and 0 or 13 0. You know, what I mean, or, or, or I'm saying they they were not that far away from going undefeated the whole season. They played Michigan State close. They played Boise close. Uh, that's I mean, that's a tough break, but ten and two, you got that's a great season. At number twenty-one, I got the Boise State Broncos. Tough loss at home uh in overtime. If their kicker had just made an extra point in the fourth quarter, they would have beat Fresno State. <laughs> Fresno blocked it. Um kudos to uh Fresno, but I got the Broncos at, at twenty one. Kind of a little bit of a disappointing season, but still ten and three. Come on. That's a great year. I, and by the way, I forgot to mention San Diego State in the Mountain West. They were also a good football team, especially when they're healthy. Um, at number 20, I got the Utah Utes. Look, they almost beat Washington. If they didn't get that pick six, which, I mean, I covered with Washington, but I didn't think it was going to be that challenging for Washington. Kyle Whittingham's hell of a coach. All right, at number 20... No, sorry. 20 was Utah. 19, I got the Cincinnati Bearcats. They didn't play, but what a year for Luke Fickle. Next year, they start the season at home against UCLA. Can't wait for that one. And at 18, I got the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Gotta love App State, man. That's one that is another one when you really analyze this thing. Could have been 12-0. Could have been 12-0. The Penn State came in overtime. And then they did get smacked. They got smacked by Georgia Southern, but they were, it was the first game without their star running back, Jalen Moore, and then their, their, their best, second-best player on their team. So their best player was Jalen Moore. Their second-best player on their team was Zach Thomas, their quarterback, who got injured in the first – I think it was the first drive. It wasn't the first drive. It was the second drive. So they were really depleted that game. I, I wonder if they were to play – with those guys healthy, especially Thomas, because quarterback's such a key position nowadays in college football. I think App State would have got the win. Um, App State at number 18. Number 17, I got the Texas A&M Aggies. Solid year. Exactly kind of what I predicted for Jimbo. And at number 16, the Fresno State Bulldogs. This is a real team that really could have been 12-0. Like, this is really close to them being, no, I'm sorry, 13-0. They lost like week three or week four to Minnesota on a freak interception in the, at the one yard line, they were at the one yard line driving to either tie the game or take the lead. And the dude made one of the best plays all year with a crazy interception, crazy catch. And then their other play that was the Boise game like three weeks ago. And it was a questionable first down spot. I mean, this team is really close to being 13 or no guys. Cause they won in overtime Man, I mean, that's that more so than any team in the country, they're really fucking close to being undefeated. Um, the Texas Aggies, Texas Aggies, Texas Longhorns coming in at number 15 for me. Hey, they put up a fight. They didn't cover for me, though, because they threw an interception at the two-yard line. Those bombs. But, hey, pretty solid year with the exception to the Maryland loss, I would say. Maryland swept Texas past two years. Who would have ever guessed that? At number 14, I got the LSU Tigers. We Tigers. Great year for Coach O. Give it up for Coach O, man. I know that they got shut out by Bama, and they lost that crazy game against A&M, but overall, he's doing a good job there. And, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a closet fan. I'm a closet fan. Uh, I think I'm even going to go to a game there next year. Hit me up if anyone is going to go. Maybe we can orchestrate something. Uh, Number 13, I got the Florida Gators. They beat LSU. They're still not very... I I mean, I just wanted to see them against Central Florida. The battle for Florida. But no. Florida had a good year, I guess, for Mullen. They scheduled two FCS, though. That's, That's just a crock of shit. And at number 12, I got the West Virginia Mountaineers. Just lost their OC, but overall, pretty good year. I still don't trust them on the road. I know every West Virginia fan hates me, but I'm just being real. I don't even have any like gr- true grudge against you guys. Except for that politician. I'm joking. Um uh number eleven, I got the Army Black Knights. They're staying there, man. Army Navy. They might go up, man. I might have to do a Danta based top twenty five just if Army wins that. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, what a year, Jeff Munkin. By the way, Georgia Tech Paul Johnson announced he's retiring, huh? Who do they go for? Jeff Munkin by chance? Actually, I think they're I think they're gonna get rid of the triple option. I think they're looking at Ken Wisenhunt. They should look at Michael Leach if 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 Leach wants to uh wants to leave Wazoo, which hopefully he doesn't. And speaking of that, I have my number 10 team in the country, the Washington State Cougars. Great year. Great year. I know you attended to two of those. I mean, the USC loss I really felt like was a win. Should have been 11 and one, basically 11 and one should have been. And, uh, at number nine, I got the Michigan Wolverines. Yes. You got destroyed by Ohio state. And yes, you did lose to Notre Dame and you never even had a lead in that game. However, defense is still pretty good. offense needs to be developed. I don't know. I'll see you against Florida, I guess. Um, at number eight, I got the Washington Huskies. Yeah, they climb in there. They had three losses, but check us out. Their three losses were on the road and all by like two or three points. So I think that personally, if they were to play Michigan or, well, we saw them beat Washington State. I don't know. I don't fucking know. They might be. They might. I don't know. They beat Washington State. They won the Pac-12. That's why I put them up there. <laughs> Washington's a weird team. It wasn't a very convincing win, but they're kind of like Michigan in a way. And at number seven, I got the Georgia Bulldogs. Hey, hey, special fuck you, by the way. Special fuck you, dedicated to uh, not Susie Colbert. Laura Rutledge, I think it is from the SEC Network and ESPN or whatever the hell it is. And a special fuck you to Kirk Herbstreit. Normally, Kirk, Kirk, I try to, you know, think that you're decent enough. But putting Georgia in the playoffs with two losses, with one of those losses being by, like, 20 points at LSU, and then blowing a double-digit lead with, like, two minutes left in the third. And what the fuck was that fake punt called? Talk about a bullshit play. How about you audible into a real punt when you see the Alabama is still lining up in their defense. What the hell was that play called? They don't deserve it, man. I don't care. I hate, I, I, like, that just shows how biased that was. Oh, they—they—they're. You can't tell me they're not one of the top four teams. No, how about maybe they just match up against Alabama? You know what I mean? You ever just noticed that? The Jets used to always play the Patriots, or the Dolphins always play the Patriots tougher than the, uh, than the Steelers do, right? But the Steelers are always better than the Dolphins, you fuck. Is that a good metaphor? Is that because I'm telling you that is the most garbage opinion. Like, are you absolutely kidding me? You got all these other conferences out there. Let's see it. We've seen Alabama destroy Georgia in the second half of both games all within the past 12 months. I don't need to see it a third time. Thank you. You shit committee for not putting that BS in the playoffs again. Because, come on, man. Yeah, I know. Georgia looks good. All right? But also, I would like to see Georgia against another team. Oh, we did. They lost to LSU. Okay. Stuff happens. Ah! Two losses. Laura Rutledge, what was her her, her thing? My brother tweeted me this. He's like, Georgia should be in because they scored 28 points in Alabama. 28 points. That's the worst opinion. That is the worst opinion I've heard on any network because Arkansas scored 31 on Bama. Maybe they should be... Maybe we should put them in the national championship. Let's put Arkansas in the national championship. You know what I mean? Only lost to, uh, to Colorado State, a three-win team, and uh, only lost to uh, North Texas by 35. But you know what? They scored 31... On Alabama, so let's just put, let's put them in the national championship. Fuck a playoff, you know? Fuck an invitational. Let's just put them in the national championship. Hacks, 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 hacks. I'm sick of hacks. They're yes men for the company. They're yes men for the company. <laughs> oh, man. People are probably like, this guy's a maniac. And, and, and you know what? Before I do my top, I was going to say top five, but it's top six because I got some shock value in there. I got some shock value in there, but I want to tell you that the college experience is brought to you by Odd Shark. Head over to oddshark.com to find free picks from their supercomputer and expert writing staff, as well as betting stats and trends that you will not find anywhere else. Follow them on Twitter at oddshark and visit them at www.oddshark.com. And number six. uh, I got the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Oh, you don't play in a conference championship game? You fucking get penalized. Yeah, you're undefeated. I get it. You're undefeated. Your schedule was still kind of lame. I know it was... uh, Look, it's not your fault. It is your fault that you don't play in a conference championship. And that's going to... I'm going to penalize you. It's not your fault that USC, Virginia Tech, Florida State all ended up really fucking bad football teams. Because that wouldn't normally be a really crazy schedule. I get it. You're undefeated. But at the same time, you haven't really been that impressive. And the fact you don't play in a conference championship game, I think, should really damage you because you also don't play in conference. You don't play those teams that could really get up and bite you. You know what I mean? Like Georgia did with LSU. Like Washington did with Cal. Like, uh... I mean, there's a million examples. The year year Clemson did, they lost a pit. They won the national championship that year. A lot of that stuff is because you play the same teams week in, week out. I've explained this on several episodes of the show. So I put the Irish at number six. I know that's crazy. And I know everyone's going to hate me. And I know I don't like Notre Dame. But join a fucking conference. At number five, I got the Ohio State Buckeyes. Hey, they're in a conference. There's another example. They played Purdue. Purdue beat them. Boom. Another fucking example. Now, sure, they don't play Purdue every year because they're in the West, but they play Purdue much more frequently than some of the teams. Notre Dame, but when's the last time Notre Dame played Ball State? Huh? When is the last time they played Ball State? But some of those other teams? When's the last time? They played Northwestern, like, what, twice in, like, 20 years. They played, like, uh... Vanderbilt. When's the last time they played Vanderbilt before this year? I mean, I could go through the schedule and name a bunch of these teams. It is garbage. Garbage, garbage. I got the Buckeyes, though, at number five. Big win. I mean, it was Northwestern. I mean, it could have been... It was a good win, though. But they still don't deserve to be in the top four invitational. At number four, I got the Oklahoma Sooners. Guys, I'm really excited about this Oklahoma-Alabama matchup. I'm not gonna not going to lie to you. I think that matchup is amazing. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch. Ruffin McNeil's got a month to get that defense in just a t- If he can just make a tiny bit of leeway there and just make them just a, just a couple more stops. And what's going to happen with the Bama QB situation? Give it up for Jalen Hurts, by the way. Give it up for uh, uh, Kyler Murray for having the great seasons that they did. And, and Hurts obviously going through that adversity. I got to respect that. Although I like Tua too. You know what I mean? They both seem like class X. I like Alabama guys. I just don't like Nick Saban. That's simple. And their scheduling ways are bullshit. But I actually like the players on their roster. Some of them I think are fucking awesome. Well, I mean, talent wise. But I'm saying also as human beings, they seem pretty fucking cool. All right. Number three. Oh, hello. Is the Central Florida Golden Knights. Guys, I've said this before. They're undefeated. They won a conference championship. They haven't lost in a very fucking long time. How do you ignore that? How? How? And I'm not talking about one of those Steve Howe last chances. Remember that naked gun? (laughs) Uh, Okay. And then number two, I got the Alabama Crimson Tide. And at number one, I got the Clemson Tigers. We, Tigers, look... That's just the base top 25. I'm excited. I'm a little bit excited for the invitational just because I want to see Oklahoma, Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson. Maybe Clemson, maybe Notre Dame can hang with them. Clemson's a weird team, but they look pretty money like the past six weeks. <laughs> they look pretty money. So uh I just think Notre, they, they just gave a pass to Notre Dame, though. What happened with all that TCU talk, huh? You motherfuckers. Um well, TCU you had one lost. Ah, I can sit there and I can explain it. I can explain it. I could explain it. But instead, you know what I want you guys to do? Guys, it's the holidays. If you could please go to the merch part of sportsgamblingpodcast.com and buy. We have college experience t-shirts. We have sports gambling podcast t-shirts. We got the Boston uh uh it's a baby fucking whale t-shirts. Guys. We'd really appreciate it. We don't ask for much. We give out free picks. We put a lot of work into this. I'm not asking for your sympathy. I'm just saying it would help us if you could order some of those shirts, spread the word, buy your girlfriend one, buy your dog one. We need to get dog sweaters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I said that. That's probably the most borderline, retard. I don't know. That's a bad statement. We need to buy dog sweaters. I should hit up Ryan and Sean and be like, guys, what do you guys think about a college experience dog sweater? I'm fired next day. And if they don't fire me, I'm going to be mad at them. <laughs> what the fuck am I talking about? But please, if you could buy our uh, our shirts, guys, it really helps us out. It really does. And uh, if you could leave a positive review on iTunes, Google, Google search the Sports Gambling Podcast Network or in the search engine of the iTunes Sports Gambling Podcast Network and you'll see us there. The college. This is the college experience. If you could leave us a positive review, we would really, really appreciate it. That's how things get done. People find out about us because you guys help us out, and we are grateful for that. And that's why we give you free picks, and that's why we're all hitting over at 50%. You know what I mean? It's free. It's free. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SGP network. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at the Colby D and you can follow the, the guy who's not here. Patty C on Twitter at Patty C a three please reach out to us guys. Thank you for all the questions and thank you for the whole college football year. We're going to continue this thing. I'm still going to do college football episodes, but the regular season comes to a close. Going to do much more focusing on college basketball. So please hit me up with any questions and check out, the, check out our daily picks. This is The College Experience, and this is Colby Dent. Signing off. Thank you. Goodbye.